Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Why Not Us podcast, College Football Edition. We are previewing week five. We have a loaded slate on hand. My name is Adam Glick. I'm with Michael Presser, the incredible crew. We're going to give you such a great preview of the incredible games to come. Mike, how excited are you for week five of college football? I think loaded is the best word to describe it, Adam. I'm so I'm beyond excited. This is probably thus far the biggest week this season, but that is only going to increase to another level when we're talking about week six. However, we got an absolutely massive, massive slate to get through this Saturday. I'm I'm beyond excited. I cannot wait for tomorrow. Yeah, so many massive implications coming into week five. Lots of games that are going to decide the college football landscape. And we're going to have to talk about all of them, Mike. We're going to we're going to talk about all of them right yeah. now. We got four top twenty five matchups. If you are a college football fan, you're, you guys are going to be glued to your TV this Saturday. Yeah. You will not want to miss any one of the games we're about to talk about. Let's get into it, Adam. Yeah, and let's get into it. They hit every major window throughout the day, so you will be on your couch all day watching incredible football. The first game, and it's the morning game on ESPN, 11 a.m. in Athens, Georgia. Two top 10 teams battling it out, Arkansas and Georgia. Mike, we've talked about it off the show. How can Arkansas win this football game, both these teams, incredible defenses, going to be one on the line of scrimmage. What can KJ Jefferson and Sam Pittman and company do to even have a chance to upset Georgia? Yeah, I mean, just talking about this as a top 10 matchup, first off, it's just absolutely incredible. Like, cheers to Arkansas. Yeah. You, you guys have set up an absolutely incredible season, absolutely incredible game that we have this Saturday. Tough thing is, it's in Athens absolutely in treacherous environment to be playing in i don't know how they're going to do it but i will tell you this the way they could win this ball game is exactly what they did against texas a&m on offense they just broke off a couple big plays that, that went in for touchdowns the way the way they can do it Traylon burks has to be on his game kj jefferson has to find him they need to bring out maybe just like a couple touchdowns they broke out two against a&m for 75 yards or something like that they're going to have to do that in this game as well. They're not going to get a lot of easy yards at all against Georgia defense. We know how good this defense is. They're the best defense in the nation, no question. I don't care who you ask. You're not going to get. You're not going to get easy yards. You're not going to be. You're going to. You're not going to have big long drives against this Georgia defense. The only way you're going to score in this game is breaking off for big, big chunk plays that extend for massive touchdowns. That's the only way Arkansas is going to score in this game, like they did against Texas A&M. If they can do that. They have a chance, albeit a very slim chance, because they're not going to get many of those opportunities. Um, Arkansas's passing attack, it's not as efficient as maybe what we see from these other college football teams around the nation. Um, They just have to break out for those big plays. Arkansas's key on offense these past few weeks has been their run game. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball very well. Georgia probably is the best defensive line in the country. I don't think they're going to run the ball very well at all. They're going to have to break out for some big plays if they want any chance against this stout, stout Georgia defense. Yeah, and I think for Arkansas, one of the main keys, you have to win the turnover battle because like you talked about, Mike, it's not going to be easy to score on Georgia. So your defense might have to create some turnovers to get some plus side of the field opportunities for Arkansas. And then the other big thing on offense, you cannot commit penalties. Because if you commit penalties, there is no chance you're scoring any points the entire game because every yard is going to be earned. It's that defensive line you talk about the run game. It's going to make it really hard for Arkansas to move the football throughout most of this game. I just want to say, how does Arkansas, what is their recipe for success going into late in this game in the second half? If it's close, what do they have to do to get the job done at the end? If it's close, I mean, KJ Jefferson has to be able to uh, put put the ball in the air. Like I said, I do not think Arkansas is going to have 
um, a, a strong time running the football in this game. Georgia's defense, known for being able to stop the run. I think Kate Jefferson is going to be forced to throw the ball in this game. If Arkansas is going to be able to find success in the second half, it's going to be through the air. It's going to be finding um, guys like Traylon Burks for big plays that go for big, long yards when, if he's able to get across the secondary. That's how they're going to be able to find success in the second half and maybe just maybe pull off this win. But the hard thing is, again, this game is in Athens, in just treacherous, impossible atmosphere to play in. I don't know how they're going to do it, but, but this Arkansas has showed us twice this yeah. season that they can do it. They are a will-to-fight team. Yeah. I believe in this team. The why-not-us mentality. They, they do. Embrace. The Arkansas Razorbacks have the why-not-us mentality, as, as, as they've shown us. I believe they can do it. There is a way. Like I said, big plays are needed. They're not going to get many of them. They have to take advantage of those opportunities when it's given to them. They're not going to be able to move the ball very well. And they're not going to be able to have big, long drives. Like I said, they're going to have to look for those big, long plays that they get lucky sometimes, and they got to take advantage that go for touchdowns. Yeah, and we will see what happens in that incredible game. I think Arkansas loses, but they do cover the I I think, 18 and a half. Yeah, it's points. a big spread. It's a big spread. But Georgia's deserved deserve that spread. Yes. There's other teams on this slate that do not deserve that high of spread. Yeah, and, and we might get to those yeah, games coming up. But we got to move on to another monster SEC game. You think Georgia-Arkansas, that's got to be the best game in the SEC. And then you look at this next game and you're like, okay, okay, it, this rivals it a little bit. That's Ole Miss and Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Not going to be easy for Ole Miss, but they were showing it on ESPN a couple days ago. The recent success Ole Miss has actually had against Alabama mm -hmm. in the 2014-2015 season. They upset yep. them two years in a row. Ole Miss obviously has a Heisman candidate in Matt Quarrell at the quarterback position. This offense has put up points on points week after. Week in and week out, they're 3-0. They killed Tulane last week. They scored 61 points on the board. And then Alabama, obviously, they struggled to get a little bit against Florida, but they looked very good overall. Bryce Young looks like he is the next great quarterback at Alabama. Their offense looks unstoppable. And then you obviously have Roy Dell Williams in the backfield running the ball and Jace McKellen, mm -hmm. both run prolific backs that – this offense, like usual, it looks unstoppable. But their defense, yeah it's, a machine. yeah, it's a machine. Their defense is subject to, you know, they could, they can be scored on, and that's what Ole Miss is gonna have to do. get into the keys of this game. Ole Miss probably has to score a hundred points, yeah, to win this probably game, do. but they yeah. can they score a hundred. Yeah, no doubt. And they almost did it last year too, Adam. Yeah. This this was one of the most watched games in America last year. Ole Miss Alabama. Everyone was like, whoa. Ole Miss, Alabama, they're only winning by like three points, like in the yeah. fourth quarter, like what's going on? And Ole Miss was not that great of a team last year, but they were able to find the key matchups against the Alabama defense that kept them in that game last year. And that's exactly what they're, they're going to have to do again. A funny stat from last year's game, and it's going to be absolutely key in this game, is Ole Miss receivers, they only had one catch for 11 yards last year. Their, their running backs and tight ends accounted for almost 450 yards of total offense in that Alabama game last year. And that's exactly what they're going to have to do again. They're going to have to find those key matchups that favor them that are going to be able to get them big yards because it, it's not going to be easy. But I do think Ole Miss's offense is even better than it was last year under Matt Coral, who is the Heisman favorite at the moment. But 
Yeah, so they're gonna have to find the, they're gonna have to find those key matchups. They're gonna have to get the yards that's given to them. I think they can do it. I think they might even have more success than they did last year. This is a bit big of a spread because we know how good Alabama is. They're just as good on offense. They have a much better defense than Ole Miss does. They'll be able to stop Ole Miss to an extent. Ole Miss is not going to be able to score as easy ha- as they have thus far into the season. They will have success. This could be another shootout like it was last year. I think it will be. They, we might get in this situation late in this game where Matt Corwin and Bryce Arnett is trading points out of and that would be so fun to watch. I would love that. Uh, it's going to be extremely hard for Ole Miss to pull out the win in the end, though, just because of how talented this Alabama team is. They are the undisputed number one team in the nation. But this Ole Miss team is different this year. They have sky-high expectations. They believe they can win this ball game. I believe they would win this ball game if everything goes their way. Like I said, though, they're going to have to find those key matchups like they did last year. Yeah, and they, they really will have to find those key matchups and make a lot of big plays against the Alabama defense. But my thing, Mike, is I was looking at this game in the Arkansas game. I actually, even though the spread is bigger in the Arkansas game, I have more confidence in Arkansas going to Georgia than I do in Ole Miss going to Dama. Yeah. Because I feel like you mentioned Alabama is able, they're going to be able to stop them a few yeah, times. They will. I'm worried Ole Miss will never be able to stop. Yeah, they probably Alabama. won't. No, they probably won't. Ole Miss on, you know. So that's why I think this game could get out of hand maybe towards the end of the game when Ole Miss is tired. Their offense has been on the field basically every second because they keep giving up points on the defensive end. Yeah. So I think I think there are two scenarios that I would not be at all surprised if happens this game. I would not be, one, surprised if Alabama wins the game by three touchdowns or more, yeah. two I would also not be surprised if Ole Miss edges out the win by a very slim margin. Like, I really like option two, and I think a lot of college football fans, including (laughs) a lot of our listeners, would like option two. It's going to be extremely, extremely hard. But like I said, though, those are two scenarios that big differences. I would not be surprised if either one happens. Yeah, and we will see, and that's the beauty of the sport, another big game on Saturday. That is tomorrow as we're recording it on Friday, October 1st. Let's get to... Basically, the Super Bowl for the group of five and the Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bearcats and the Super Bowl for me as a group of five and mid-major fan. Cincinnati travels to Notre Dame. The biggest game in the history of the sport for a group of five teams. It is, no doubt. And I'm not understating this. No, you're not. At all. Cincinnati has been set up. They have the roster to do it to pull off this game. And they're actually favored in Vegas, which... I really think they should be underdog just because it's at Notre Dame. If it was at Cincinnati, I would feel very good about this game. But Desmond Ritter, senior quarterback, he's done it before. He looked very good in the second half against Indiana a couple weeks ago. They've had a week to prepare. They had a bye week last week. I think that really helped them. What does Cincinnati have to do, Mike, to pull off this win and change college football on its head and possibly make the college football playoff with a win? I'm going to start off, Adam, you talk about it. This is possibly the biggest – this is easily the biggest game in Bearcat history. This could be the biggest game in Group of Five history. And we talked about Cincinnati as a playoff contender already on this show. And if you doubt that at all, think about this fact that Cincinnati is favored on the road against a top five power five. When have five, you seen that top, ever? Yeah, exactly. Never seen they're, yeah. they're favored on the road against a top ten power five team in Notre Dame. That – alone should tell all our viewers that Cincinnati is legit. They are a playoff contender. If they can pull this one off, 
and run the table. They will be in the playoff no matter what happens around the rest of the country. And especially with Clemson having two losses already, Ohio State having a loss, just helps Cincinnati out even more. It does. It does. So like we've said on this show thus far, Cincinnati is in the playoff. If they run the table, this is the biggest game left in their schedule. They absolutely have to win this ball game. And before I get into it, I think they will. Wow. The keys in this game, Desmond Ritter is going to have to go ballistic with his legs and his arms. Notre Dame does have a very good defense. I am high in Notre Dame's defense, not very high in their offense, as we talked about before. Desmond Ritter is going to have to play some the best ball he's ever played in his life. Um, I think he's capable of it. He's an extremely good quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks, most underrated quarterbacks um, across the nation. He's, he's going to have to do things with his legs and with his arms that we've seen he's capable of doing. He's going to have to do it for four, four quarters. I think, he's, I think he's able to do it. I think this Cincinnati's offense, which has been very efficient thus far through the season, is able to get the better of a very stout, talented Notre Dame defense. I do not think Notre Dame's offense is capable of putting up the points that they will need to in the end to score on Cincinnati, which is also a good defense. Notre Dame has a lot to figure out on offense, specifically on the offensive line. One of um, efficiency-wise, one of the worst offensive lines in football. I think Cincinnati gets the better of the offensive line. Cincinnati has a very underrated defense. I think they'd be able to get the better of their Notre Dame's offense and score enough points. And Desmond Ritter does enough things with his arms and his legs to pull out the win in the end. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point, Mike. Notre Dame has a very suspect offensive line. And Cincinnati, on the other side of the ball, they have one of the most underrated defensive fronts in college football. They're not super big, but they're super aggressive, and they're so good at getting past the lineman and getting to the quarterback. I really think this is going to come down to a defensive battle between these teams. It's going to be – I think think the score is going to be in the low 20s. It's going to be – it's going to come down to turnovers, penalties, field position. And Desmond Ritter, if he plays like he did in the second half in Indiana, Cincinnati's winning this game. Mm -hmm. If he plays like he did in the first half, Notre Dame will squeak out this win. And I am praying that he plays like he did in the second half. I think – I can't say it because if I say it and it doesn't happen, I'll say it depressed. I know. You think Cincinnati's going to win. But I'll say this. This this spreads small for a reason. No one in America would be at all surprised when nobody wins the ballgame. It is in – South Bend, of yeah. course, that atmosphere is going to be rocking. This is one of the best atmospheres in college football. No one's going to be surprised if Notre Dame wins this ballgame, but Cincinnati is favored for a reason. Yeah, they are. I think Notre Dame, in my prediction, will squeak out a win, but if Cincinnati wins, Christmas will come early for me, and I am not even Christian. I am Jewish, so Hanukkah, maybe eight days of celebration on the way. We will see. That is another monster game that we have on the slate. We have to go to a surprising top 25 matchup next, Mike, and that is in our conference, the Big 12, Baylor and Oklahoma State. Both before the year, you're like, these teams are trending in the downward direction. They're going to have rebuilding years, especially Baylor. No one thought they would both be I thought they they would be one of the bottom teams in the Big 12. Yeah. Both these teams, you're like, if you told me in week five that they would both be 4-0 and they would both be in the top 25 and playing each other, I'd be like, you're crazy. You know nothing about college football, but here we are. Taylor, and, and credit to all the posters yeah. that, first off, had Oklahoma State ranked in the top 25 to start the season. I did not think Oklahoma State was a top 25. They have proved me wrong. Yeah, and the crazy thing about Oklahoma State, before I get to Baylor, Oklahoma State's first three games, they played Missouri State, Tulsa, 
Boise State. They beat Missouri State, who's an FCS program, 23-16. to 16. Missouri State had the ball at the 10-yard line with two minutes to go to try to tie that game, possibly win it. The next week, they play Tulsa. It's a rival game still. They were down most of the game. They come back in the fourth quarter to win 28-23. By the way, Tulsa, the week before, lost to UC Davis, FCS subdivision team. And then the next week, they get dominated from kickoff to the end of the 60 minutes with Boise State. Boise State misses a gimme field goal, I think 35 yards or something to lose. Oklahoma State somehow wins at Boise 21-20. And then last week, they actually looked really, really they good. The they, defense, they, they, they shocked me last Yeah, week. the defense has really stood out to me this year because Oklahoma State's never really had a great defense, but they have not given up more than 23 points to any opponent in, very good. in the first four games. They shut down Kansas State. This game was over before it started. It was 31 to 20 in the final score, but Oklahoma State went up 21 to 10 late in the first quarter and never looked back. They're a very, very scary team. And then on the other side, Baylor, they shocked the world last week. We, we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday on the recapping of week four show. They went, they beat Iowa State and Waco 31 to 29. They scored 31 points on a supposedly one of the best defenses in the country in Iowa State. Bohannon, listen, he's not going to be the show-it-all kind of passer that RG3 might have was, but they're efficient. They make the most of their opportunities given to them, and they're 4 now. I want, Mike, I want to know, who do you like in this game, and what, where is it going to be decided? I mean, hit it on the money at the end there, Adam. Baylor, what they have done best this year is take advantage of the opportunities given to them. That's exactly what they did. That's exactly how they won against Iowa State. There were a, a lot of things that Iowa State wished they could have back in this, in this ballgame. It was penalties. It was mistakes on special teams. That's how Baylor won this ballgame. They did not necessarily look like the better team, in my opinion, in this ballgame. However, they took advantage of those opportunities that were given to them and edged out the win at the end. Credit to them. That is how you win football games in this, in this league. So both these teams undefeated thus far. Congrats to them. I can't wait for this matchup. Two teams that I do not want to play at all as a Tex fan. I am terrified to play both these teams. They're both playing good football, defining wins, really, last week for both these teams. Iowa State and Kansas State, two teams that they, they, they can beat a lot of teams. They can beat Texas. They can beat a lot of teams in the Big 12. So defining wins for Baylor and Oklahoma State, scary, scary teams, sets up a fantastic matchup. I think that Oklahoma State is just playing a tad, tad, tad bigger, better football thus far. I'm a little more confident. I don't know how much Baylor's, I don't want to say luck, but it was luck in a sense that they were able to get that many opportunities last week against Iowa State that they probably shouldn't have gotten to win that ball game. Iowa State, if you look on a stat sheet, Iowa State played the better ball game. And Baylor still somehow edged out the win because of, I talked about those penalties, those special teams plays. So I think they were had tad lucky to win that game. That is why I'm just a little more confident in Oklahoma State. I think they're playing really good football, defining winning Kansas State. So because of that, I wouldn't feel confident if I were to pick Baylor in this game because I don't know if those opportunities are going to present itself again. Thus, I'm going to pick Oklahoma State to win this ballgame. Yeah, Mike, I have to agree with you. And you brought up at the end of the stat sheet. I just wanted to tell the viewers how this game went down against Iowa State. They got dominated in basically every single category. Time of possession, first downs, 
passing yards and rushing yards. They got dominated. They lost those categories quite significantly. The thing that they won, and that's the reason they won, was kick return yards. They had 174 kick return yards, and Iowa State had eight. And they also returned, I know they at least returned one kickoff for a touchdown in this game. That's why they won. If you you told me these stats. You think think it would be a blow on Iowa State's favor. Exactly. It's like studying. It's like not studying for a test or going to any class but getting an A on the test. Exactly. This is how this game went down, and credit Baylor or finding a way to win. I mean, that's what good teams do, and they mm-hmm. have. So we'll see where we go from here with these teams. Just because of that reason, though, I do not think I would yeah. feel confident picking Baylor in this game because exactly. I don't know how sustainable it is to get all those opportunities, yeah. those special teams opportunities to win another ball yeah. game. You, you can hit the lottery once. I don't know if you're going to hit it twice. Exactly. And that's what I think is the case with Baylor. So Mike and I are on the same page. We both like Oklahoma State this Saturday. I just have a tad more trust in the yeah. Oklahoma State team. Yeah, and we got to go now shift our gears also in the Big 12. We're going to this game. That might be bad luck because we were at Fayetteville earlier this year. We will see Fort Worth, Texas, Texas, and TCU. Big rivalry on our hands. Mike, I know you have a lot to say about this game. TCU has had our number the mm-hmm. past nine years. They're they've seven owned and two. Texas since they've joined the Big yeah, 12. Yeah, they have owned Texas since they've joined. They haven't played well the game before or the game after, historically, since they played Texas. Yeah, I'll give you this stat right yeah. now. I know the top of my head. So, including the SMU game, TCU is 2-8 and eight before playing Texas since joining the Big 12. They are 7-2 and two against Texas. And then after the Texas game, they are 3-6. and six. So, they struggled before playing Texas. And, again, they struggled against SMU. They dominate Texas every year, it seems like. We'll see if that continues on Saturday. And then after the Texas game, they have They're a letdown back to spot. Being horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's the crazy thing. And shout out to SMU for upsetting them last week as a 10-point underdog. 42-34, Tanner Mordecai, probably one of the best names in college football. Junior quarterback, putting up high numbers. But this TCU team, they can still score. Can. And that is what it's going to come down to, Mike. I think it's going to be the offense. Can Texas' offensive line hold up? help them score enough points. Yeah, I know you're going to mention a couple of players that TCU has coming back on the defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball, but TCU, it's Max Duggan and Zach Evans. And they, Max Duggan oh, no. torched us last year. Both the last two years, he has torched yeah. us with his legs. With his legs, exactly. He's looked really, really good. Obviously, Mike is excited, as I as am I, about the running back matchup between yeah, Bijan Robinson and Zach Evans, both number one, number two in their classes, mm-hmm. going you know in the same state, in the same conference, and now playing against each other for the first time. It's really, really exciting. I think this offense is going to be a, quite an offensive game. I'm looking at for TCU, Tay Barber, can he come back off the incredible game that he had last week against SMU for five for 114? Texas. You put up 70 points last week against Texas Tech. How can they replicate, obviously maybe not 70 points, but how can they replicate the offensive success and win in Worth where they have not done well in the past? Yes, I mean, you already mentioned it. So TCU, they had six key contributors out against SMU. I think five of those guys are are starters. Five of them are on the defensive side of the ball. One of them just started on their offensive line. They're all going to be likely back this Saturday against Texas. That is why, that is the reason why SMU was able to move the ball so well. Three of their best defensive players were out against SMU and five total. So 
Texas is not going to have as much ease as SMU and Tanner Mordecai did to move the ball against this TCU defense that we know can be very good and has been good in years past. They get all these players back, very key contributors. It's going to make a difference in this ballgame. And it made a difference last week that they were all out. That's why SMU was able to win that ballgame. If they had all those guys, I do not think SMU would have been able to move the ball as easily as they did. But yes, they put up a ton of yards, but you have to take it in context. The players that TCU had out on the defensive side of the ball, they get all of them back. I don't think it's going to be as easy for Texas as it was for Tanner Mordecai. Yeah, Adam already talked about the keys in this game. I think it comes down to the run game. I have been dying for this running back matchup since both these guys committed to the schools that they are currently at. Bijan, number one running back in his class. Zach Evans, number two running back in that same class. Both five-star running backs, both having incredible years thus far. Zach Evans, uh, I think he averages he averages 7.9 yards per carry currently. And Bijan averages 6.2 yards per carry. Um, however, Bijan still has a few more yardage per game. But both running backs playing out of their minds playing like the five stars they are, playing like two of the best running backs in the nation currently. Zach Evans need to be, needs to be talked about a little more. I think he will be as the TCU season goes, goes on. That's what I'm looking forward to in this game. The keys, yeah, keys I said in the, are the run game. You have Max Duggan. He's torched Texas with his legs the last two seasons. Texas was not able to stop him on the ground. That's what lost him this ballgame the last two seasons. Texas has to stop Max Duggan's legs. Has to, has to, has to. We'll see if they can. To be honest, I don't know if they can. They've struggled. I'm not going to be confident saying they will be able to because I've seen how much this team struggles against Max Duggan. And on top of that, the run game with Zach Evans. He puts, he factors in such a dynamic element to this offense. Texas is going to have to find some way to stop the run game if they want to win this ball game. But the flip side of that, TCU is going to have to find a way to stop the run game if they won this ball game as well. Texas has one of the best running back cores in the nation right now. I don't think anyone can dispute that between Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Keelan Robinson as well. They're also going to have to stop the run game. This, this, this game is going to be one for the line of scrimmage, I think. Who can stop the run? This, is a, this game is going to have pouring rain. We'll see how efficient these passing attacks are. I do trust Texas' passing attack more than I trust the TCU passing attack. Like I said, their strength is the run game. We'll see how well Texas is able to move the ball through the air in this rain. If they're able to move the ball well in the rain, I would give the edge to Texas. We'll see how much the rain factors in. However, if, they're, if Texas is able to, isn't able to move the ball through the air as well as they hope they can, this, this game is going to be won on the ground with the legs of the guys I just talked about. Yeah, so... Give me your prediction for the score and the game this Saturday. Oh, I know it's um, tough. All right. Score prediction. I'm still going to pick Texas to win this game. I do think they are the more talented team. Like I said, this is, this is like a 51-49 football game, in my opinion. Edge slightly the slightest ever to Texas. You cannot forget the trend of this game that I already talked about. This is TCU Super Bowl. They put all their cards in this table. Throw out the SMU game. As I said, TCU always struggles in the game before they play Texas. And take into account how many guys SMU had 
or sorry, TCU take, had. yeah, taking account how many guys TCU had that were out that game that are going to be back this game that are going to play a key factor in this game. So I don't have a lot of confidence picking Texas in this game, especially since it's a road game. However, I think talent will get the better of TCU in the end. I think, and I pray Texas does find some success passing the ball through the air. If they're able to move the ball through the air, I think Texas will win this ball game. That's going to be key. If they're able to move the ball through the rain with the receivers that Texas has, if Case Thompson is able to move the ball through the air, I think they will be able to win this ball game. So I'll say 34-31. Okay, wow. Very good score. I was going to go 35-34. You're not going to like to hear this. I will be picking TCU just because they've had success. Gary Patterson mm-hmm. always has his players up to play us. Not discrediting Texas at all. I think they are the better team. And if they play a good football, they, if they play their football game, they like you said, they're able to pass the ball through the air, even though it's going to be probably pouring rain, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying that they win because I hate TCU and we're going to be there rooting for Texas, obviously. Yep. But it's just happened too many times before. Yes. And it's at TCU, which makes it even that much harder. harder. It's It's going to be really challenging for Texas. And I'm the great thing is if Texas is able to somehow win this game, there's going to be so much momentum for them going into Oklahoma yep. Yep. next week in Dallas. But for this show purposes, as of right now, I'm picking TCU to win this game. It's going to be an incredible environment, incredible game. It's going to come down, I think, to the last drive. It will, no doubt. So obviously we will see. Hopefully for our sakes, Texas wins this football game. We have to, before we get to our betting picks and up to the picks, just shout out really quickly as our last game. On the slate, give a little love to mid-major favorite out-of-conference USA monster game that they have this week. They're playing out-of-conference FBS independent team, the Liberty Flames. Hugh Freeze, the coach, who's obviously been in the rumors to make a move up to the big ranks as a head coach probably next year. UAB is 3-1. Liberty is 3-1. Had a disappointing loss to Syracuse last weekend. But UAB has looked very good. They went to Tulane, who's looked pretty good as well. And they won 28-21. This is a very big opportunity. A few years ago, UAB didn't even have a football program. And they mm-hmm. finally built it up. They had enough funds. And they're off to an incredible start. They had a good year last year. They could set a franchise record and win. So I wanted to give them some love. Their schedule, by the way, they're able to win this Liberty game. They could maybe run the table at Conference USA and end up with a very, very good record. They're not going to get the group of five bid to get into a New Year's Six Bowl, but they can still get into a very good bowl, and they could maybe even be ranked mm-hmm. at some point in the season. So, Mike, I know you don't know a ton about these games, but who do you like to win this game? Oh, this is a fantastic game. Fantastic game for yeah. group of five fans. I know how big a group of five fan Adam is. I think Liberty is one of the most underrated teams in the nation. Both these teams are very underrated, in my opinion, um, having having good seasons thus far. I'll take Liberty in this game. I, I, okay. I like what they're doing. I like Hugh Freeze. Uh, what's their quarterback? Malik Willis. Yeah, I believe he's going to be an NFL yeah, prospect. He will be. He's, he's, he's played thus far as one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Super underrated. Needs to be talked about more. I love Malik Willis. Love Hugh Freeze. Love Liberty. I'll pick them in this ball. Yeah, game. love Liberty. Obviously, their school has some interesting politics, but we won't get yeah. into that. But Liberty had a special year last year. We'll see how they do on the road in Birmingham, Alabama against the Blazers out of Conference USA and UAB. I like UAB in this game. I like them with the spread as well, minus two. A little shout-out there for the group of five fans. Now, Mike, let's get into some betting picks. I know you've got some, as always, and probably 
on the same line as our friend Josh Pate. Mm -hmm. What do you have for us? Yeah, so one that I was all over the second I saw it was my DC Eagles. <laughs> Fly. I think the line right now is 14 and a half. I got it at 16. Clemson has done nothing thus far this season to deserve that high of a spread. BC is undefeated. Yes, it is at Clemson. However, I think BC is playing better football than Clemson right now. I, I think that's hard to argue as well. Uh, BC, BC has played good football. They're great on the offensive line. They've been efficient both sides of the football. Clemson has not been efficient. Maybe they have on the defense side of the ball, yes, but their offense is absolute garbage right now. I love, love, love this spread. I still like it plus 14 and a half. If you can get that, this, this score is going to be under two touchdowns. Um, other picks, let's see. Um, I love big game of the week, Cincinnati. I love Cincy. Okay. I wow. got it at minus one and a half. I don't know exactly what the spread is right now. If you can get it minus two and a half, I would still get that. I think uh, Cincinnati wins this ballgame by at least a touchdown, even though, yes, it is at Notre Dame. However, Cincinnati is the better football team in this game by a fairly significant margin, in my opinion. I think they get it done, and I think they're going to be a team that we're talking about down the line as a legitimate playoff contender. Okay, so those are your couple betting picks. Mine, before we get to our, our favorite segment of the show, of course, our upset pick of the week. I like some Friday night action if you're listening to us before uh, these games get going. Iowa, Maryland, I like Iowa to cover minus three against the Terrapins. They had a very disappointing showing against Colorado State last week. I think they're going to be ready to play. They do have a short week, obviously, in playing on Friday night. But they go to Maryland. Maryland has not played anybody. I don't care that they're 4-0. I like Iowa to cover. And then also the late game, BYU goes to Utah State. I'm big on Utah State. They had a disappointing game last week against Boise. I think they're going to get the job done. BYU, they haven't really had a road game environment this year other than playing at Arizona, but that's like playing against yourselves because Arizona's not a real football team. So I think that they're going to have some problems against Utah State. I could even see them maybe even losing. Who knows? Other game we talked about when we previewed to start the show, I like Arkansas to cover. 18 mm -hmm. and a half I agree. Totally. against Georgia. I think they're going to be ready to go, and it's going to be a low-scoring game where they're going to cover a spread. Yep. I'm, I'll be on that as well. Awesome. So great to hear I get Mike's approval with the, that betting pick. But the last game I like, and I think they could even win outright. Stanford at home against Oregon plus eight. Stanford loves beating ranked teams at home. They do it every year, and they have done it before. They went to USC earlier in the year when they were 14 in the country. They absolutely demolished them. They've had up and down weeks consistently. They were very close last week to beating UCLA. They fell apart a little bit at the end. I think that they will at least lose by a touchdown and cover eight points. So those are my three to four betting picks that I have. Mike, let's get to our upset picks. I think you are now three and one, three and, one and I am four and oh, so let's keep that rolling here. Who do you have this week? All right, so I'm going to go off the win here a little bit. I'm going to pick two kind of unrealistic upset okay. picks <laughs> that I think do have a chance of happening. However, they probably won't happen. So I'm going to give myself two picks and hope that one of them hits. Yeah. My first one, I already talked about it. Clem BC, the BC Eagles going into Clemson and beating the Clemson Tigers. <laughs> I do legitimately think BC is playing better football thus far to the season, and Clemson has done absolutely nothing to show us that they deserve that to be that big of a favorite. I think BC could absolutely win this ball game. And 
it wouldn't necessarily turn college football on, on its on its butt because um, Clemson's already lost NC State. That was a, that was a losable ball game. Obviously, this is a losable ball game. BC might just pull it off in the end. That's one of my upset picks. My other upset pick is OU traveling to Manhattan, wow, Kansas, and losing to K State. They've OU is zero two against K State the last two seasons. I think they get. I think K State gets it done again. They're going to be three and zero against OU in the last three seasons. Yes, Skylar Thompson is out for this ball game. However, we'll see how much that factors. This environment is one of the hardest environments, most underrated environments in college football. Nobody ever wants to go to Manhattan and play. I think K-State gets it done, and I think they beat OU, who is an extremely vulnerable team, as we've seen. I'm also all over this this K-State spread. I think they will cover by a good margin, maybe just maybe to the point where they can actually win this ballgame. Well, I really like the pick, Mike. Hopefully that comes to fruition on Saturday. I was back and forth as I always am with my upset pick because I am four now, so I have an obligation to you, the viewers, to get it right again this week in week five. And I've had I picked a touchdown underdog in each game so far this season. So I'm gonna stay true to that. I've I've gone back between the two games. I was thinking Oregon Stanford, maybe Stanford pulls it off, but Mike talked me into the possibility before the show. We go to Lexington, Kentucky oh, yeah, baby. against Florida. Kentucky. How crazy would this yes. be? <laughs> Kentucky is four out. They have not looked that good. They win close games against not very good teams. They beat South Carolina last week by six. They beat Chattanooga by oh, yeah. five. They beat Missouri by seven. They are not beating these teams by a lot of points. But they're undefeated. But they are undefeated. They're in Kentucky. It's very hard to be undefeated in this league. Yes. Florida, I, to me, has a lot to prove still. They have not shown to me that they are a top 10 team, in my opinion, in the country yet. I think they're going to have trouble in Lexington, Kentucky. If this game is closely in the fourth quarter, I like the crowd to get the better of them and Kentucky to pull off a stunner. I love the pick out. And listen, my picks have been coming to fruition. I will it. I manifest this. And if it comes true again, you know, credit to myself. And if it doesn't, it happens. But Kentucky is going to win in is going to beat Florida this week. And to keep an eye out on the other game, I'm not going to pick it, but Oregon-Stanford. I really like Stanford to at least cover as my one betting pick. If the college football world hasn't blown up already, how insane would it be if Kentucky won this ball game? A Florida team that lost to Alabama by two points, I think it could happen as well. I don't think it will happen. I'm not going to pick Kentucky to win this ball game, but, man, that would be so awesome. Yeah, we will see, obviously, a great slate of games we just previewed in week five. We can't wait to recap it next week and week to recap week five in the incredible games that we have on the slate. Mike, one last thing. What are you most looking forward to tomorrow on Saturday? I'm just looking – I'm so looking forward to the SEC play. I think that there's, the SEC slate is incredible this week. I can't believe that Ole Miss and Arkansas are two top 15 teams. Arkansas is ranked in the top 10. I can't believe I'm saying that right now. I think there is a slight, slight, slight chance that one of these teams, Arkansas or Miss, could win that ball game. I really hope it happens. I'm looking forward to all these games. Can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah, cannot wait for tomorrow. I want to thank you, the viewers, for listening to today's show. For myself, Adam Glick, I want to thank Mike Presser for the great analysis, as always. And enjoy the football. It's going to be fantastic all day tomorrow on Saturday. Stay on your couch. Enjoy what you're going to be watching on TV. And we will see you next time for another episode of the Why Not Us podcast. Thank you so much for listening.